Um, okay. Okay, here we go. Hi, Battle Angel. <laughs> Whoa, we're just right in. Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I am Nick Westright. <laughs> and I am Jason Black, and this is For the Girls. This is a diva podcast. It's the internationally renowned diva podcast. It's about queer people and the divas they love and are devoted to and worship and stan, as the children this is, say. This is a podcast for people who want to come to the altar and worship at the feet of divas. This is also a podcast for Pentecostals. Oh, this is a podcast for Church of God? This is a podcast for uh, <laughs> Stadium Brides. This is a podcast... Um, this, is, this is a podcast for OG weddings being the event of the century. This is a podcast for moms who leave their husbands four times. This is a podcast for lesbian gospel singers, very specific. <laughs> this is a podcast for literally women who invented rock and roll who you don't even know about because of racism, white supremacy, and America being the worst place on earth. And because you could see it on the icon when you clicked on the damn thing, <laughs> we're not hiding anything, babe. Who are we talking about? We are talking about Sister Rosetta Tharp. <laughs> she is a diva you should know she this is one of our iconic diva you should know episodes we on this podcast called for the girls podcast download anywhere podcasts are free we have different recurring episodes uh and one of them is called diva you should know where we highlight a diva you probably don't we're guessing you don't know that much about and guessing i guess yeah we're guessing that you don't know that much about but also it's a kind of like this should be part of the permanent history book of, of America and culture. Yeah, a lot of the reason why we started this podcast was to, origins, was to write what we perceive as the wrongs in entertainment in this country and focus, refocus the lens in a positive way on people, women, people known as women, who we don't focus on enough, but as gay people... The queer people Jason and I have focused on since we were kids. Yes, and and when I mean this should be, um, you know, this should be part of all the education. I literally mean in school it should be like you learn about Mozart and Picasso and Sister Rosetta Tharp. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That those three. Yeah, Picasso, Mozart, Rosetta Tharp, and um, Virginia Woolf and Toni Morrison. That's it. That's all of school, and then you shouldn't learn anything else, not even math. Mm-mm. And then, and then, of course, uh, you know, when, when you need some extra curricular, you watch Palms. <laughs> I sent you my notes on Palms. <laughs> what do you mean you sent me your notes I, on Palms? Yesterday, I sent you, I, I found, I, I, I dug up my really epic three-page pa- three notes on Palms. <laughs> That's amazing. But we're not talking about Palms today, but you can go back and listen to the episode about Diane's Diane's Palms uh, it's a film made by David Lynch that came out last year when we used to be able to go to the movies and when I say notes it just says her mom died lol <laughs> that's the only thing I wrote in my in my notes <laughs> just, just see you see how serious I take this sister Rosetta Tharp sister Rosetta Tharp okay so origins on this this uh, when we started this podcast we started this podcast back in the summer of 2018. It didn't start airing until 2019, but we did some work first. We recorded a bunch of episodes first. Oh, speaking of, 
recording episodes. Because of quarantine and everything going on, we are going to keep putting out content for you guys, but the formats might change. Obviously, getting guests right now is super hard. Um, getting guests who have microphones. I hate the sound of Skype calls, so we are going to try really hard to not give you Skype call episodes. And, yeah, so so we, so it could be a, cu- a couple of weeks where it's just Nikki and I, oh, how exciting. We also might have to take a week off. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll keep you updated. We're not going to leave any, you know. I, I, we, I know this is just everything you wait for on your Tuesday mornings. So Listen, some people listen on Monday night. with us. We know who you are, Monday night listeners. Shh. Yes, yes, I know. I love. I know. Wow. I love. I love our Monday night, night midnight listeners who are just. Well, like, here it's not midnight, so maybe it's on the West Coast. Maybe on the West Coast, those nine p.m. listeners. I love them. Mm-hmm. They're iconic. Okay, so when we started this back in the summer of 2017, we did some test episodes to kind of figure we, out. We tried to find our voice. <laughs> we were trying to find our voice and figure and mold ourselves into the perfect podcast artist that we are today. And we stumbled. I was like, after maybe our third one, I was like, I don't know about this. This doesn't <laughs> sound... Everything we've done has not been it's very not been the t- yeah. We tried to do a review of Cher's ABBA album. That was a huge <laughs> fail because neither of us really liked that album. No, I love that. I did. I love that album. I like that album, bitch. <laughs> I didn't like it very much. We tried to do uh, a recap of the iconic film Where the Heart Is. That was my suggestion. And Ashley Judd and Natalie Portman. <laughs> we Here's the thing is that I don't think, yeah, we, we kind of thought we had to absolutely love something to have to figure out how to talk about it. We did. Right? We did. And we it, still kind of do. We do, but we just didn't, we thought that that was going to be what, oh, I don't know. We thought that that was going to be our full weight into everything. And where the heart is, I think, was one of the things that almost broke me. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is so bad. Sister father or whatever. It's Sister actually, brother. I feel, but here's the thing, bitch. I think we could do that again. I really think we could do that again. Anyways. And so then the third, another test episode. I don't know if it was the third. I don't remember how many we did, actually. But another episode was Sister Rosetta Tharp. And the reason I learned about Sister... I had learned about Sister Rosetta that summer because that's when she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is so fucking crazy that it took that long. She was inducted the same time as fucking Bon Jovi. How long had that place been around and they didn't recognize the actual woman who you are about to learn invented rock and roll? It makes me insane. And, And also the slap in the face to be next to fucking Bon Jovi... Gross. You know who this podcast is not for is fans of Bon Jovi. Fuck him. Bon Jovi, yeah, who had like a twenty-year like shitty radio career. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'll get down on you know. Some what's of that, that fucking? What's that movie what? he made where he's like a handyman for some iconic women? Um, Moonlight and Valentina. Thank you. That was a big movie for me. Valentina, Moonlight, and Valentino. Yeah, that's with Whoopi and maybe Kathleen Elizabeth Turner's in that. Elizabeth Perkins? Or Elizabeth Perkins is in it. I don't know. Yeah, there, that's... We could oh, do that. I'm here. I am here we could for do that. that. We could do that. For Elizabeth person. Perkins. Um, anyway, this is not an Elizabeth Perkins episode. This is a Sister Rosetta Tharp episode, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, so we, had, so we tried to tape it, but because of that, because of that origins, it, this... It, that was kind of our first kind of clue of like, oh, this works. 
let's let's call that diva you should know and so sister it's all coming back to you yes because the kind of the way we did it at that time was that i learned about sister rosetta and then told jay mm -hmm. about her and we kind of learned that that format doesn't work as <laughs> no. well as when we both have the information is even yeah. cuter. It was just me sitting there and Nick saying, say, like saying the facts and me going, uh-huh. Oh, well, I didn't know wow. that because I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know any. I don't know any of this. Whoa. So, yeah. So yeah we, not, we decided more dynamic. Two, informed, two informed podcast hosts is mm -hmm. more fun than not, unless we're talking about a murder she wrote episode or something. Lightly informed, so lightly, but yes, yeah. Yeah, so we got this some, is we got some yeah. stuff. So our DV you should knows are definitely our most light history podcast. So <laughs> get ready for it because you're about to get it. So people call her the um, godmother of rock and roll, but I feel like she's a patron saint, mm, and I feel like I there is that. no godfather needed. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Godmother means that there's conceived. someone else. Yes, she did. Yeah, she Absolutely. immaculately conceived rock and roll by herself. Mm -hmm. She didn't mm -hmm. need a man. And people who cite Sister Rosetta as a major influence include Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, B.B. King, Ray Charles, Keith Richards, and Jimi Hendrix. And of course, our beloved Aretha Franklin. Yes, yes, the best. I mean, to say... To say that she influenced is kind of is a little bit redundant because she created. So there's kind of no way that people aren't forever going to reference her. Yes, while, absolutely. While they're like, creating this type of music. Right. Um, we got uh, all of this information today from a bunch of different sources, including a great article by Aaron White from Afropunk.com, Will Hermes Rolling Stone article, a documentary by Mick Zaki, Zaki, called The Godmother of Rock and Roll, which is on YouTube. You should watch it. It's fabulous. From the Queerest Fact podcast, which is a fabulous podcast that everyone should listen to all the time. I also got um, some stuff from an NPR article written by Jessica Diaz Hurtado. And from the iconic book by Gail Wald, Shout, Sister Shout. Listen, everybody, to the precious word. I'm going to do some chirping, and I ain't no bird. There's a reason for living, a reason for dying. There's a darn good reason why a woman starts crying. A reason for a mole, a reason for a dimple, but there ain't no reason why a man so simple. A way to be a fool, that's the way to get to heaven, observe the golden rule. A way to get a sweetheart, a way to get a wife, and the day you quit your brother, that's the way you lose your life. So Sister Rosetta Tharp was actually born Rosetta Newbin, or Rosetta Atkins, in 1915 in a town called Cotton Plant, Arkansas, to Katie Newbin and Willis Atkins, who were both cotton farmers um, at the time. And her mother played the mandolin, the guitar, the tambourine, and she was an evangelist for the Church of God in Christ, which was a Pentecostal church. It was founded in 1894 during the reconstruction, late reconstruction period in the South. 
I grew up near a Pentecostal church. That's Did the you? snake handlers. That's yes, yeah. It's, we are, yeah. It's just, well, I grew up. It was a, there was a Pentecostal church, and then like two houses from that was the Baptist church. It was like the Lane of Crazies, and that's also Pentecostals speak in tongues. And then do the and then there's snake handlers, you know, like if the I snake doesn't bite you or whatever, you're safe. I mean, I don't know if this was this church or when that even started. Um, but yeah, they're kind of the more, yeah, they're the kind of, um, you get up and you do your shakes with the spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charismatic, charismatic church. We were charismatic, we were charismatic, charismatic. Um, I was not a church goer as a child and I'm not a church goer now. Um, but you, you were a Presbyterian, right? You were the Presbyterian in your town and I was, well, I mean, but that is yeah, where you I went know. for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We were those Christmas and sometimes Easter if mom bought a new hat. Kids. We were not like <laughs> Sister Rosetta. I was raised <laughs> in the Presbyterian Church, um, hardcore, and then also raised in my grandparents' Baptist Church, hardcore. Actually, that's where I found. That's where I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Was at the Baptist Church. They were really big in the fact that you can't be baptized when you're young. Like you have to act oh, right. actively until you know until you yes. at, make the active decision to become baptized. Absolutely. Then um, you. Were I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior when I saw the documentary uh, Amazing Grace about Aretha Franklin. And that happened to me about a year and a half ago. We made an episode about it. And I renewed Um, my spirit right now, so let's keep going. (laughs) Anyways, um, the the Pentecostal church encouraged rhythmic music in order to reach God and to reach the Holy Spirit which is also how I reach God and the Holy Spirit. But and I'm also obsessed with that because church can be uh, so boring. And those and those gospel songs, as pretty as they are, can be a little bit of a dirge. So, like, to give it some kind of something. Yeah, yeah. And to give it some Ru- energy. Uh. Yeah, give it, some, give it some kind of beat. Mm-hmm. Give it a little, yeah. <laughs> give it a little, just a little extra spice. And then, and Sister Rosetta, you're going to see, takes it real far. Takes it the farthest. She started playing the guitar at age four, and she was a complete prodigy. And she started touring with her mother at age six. So she would make the music and her mom would preach. And when she was six, her mom was like, peace out to her dad, and they moved to Chicago. I love that. I also love that... I really, even though um, her mom played guitar, I think I think even even back then, guitar was seen as a male instrument. It wasn't really a mm-hmm. female instrument, you know. Yeah, they did the tambourine yeah. section, and mm-hmm. maybe they did the piano, you know, but they did they not did do the, the pian- guitar. That right, was or women sang in the choir. Right. It still fucking right. is. That's that's why I think I don't. That's why I always think I kind of up, up until I saw Sister Rosetta just um, slay. I always um, kind of kind of gagged at guitar solos because it was so machismo, cheesy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like that was my really that was my reference for it. Like gag, like I don't know. It just seemed like very phallic to me the way they were. I was lay. I was really moved. I read uh, a quote from Bonnie Raitt that Sister uh. Rosetta was the greatest inspiration to her in her life. Uh-huh. And like that oh, Sister God. Rosetta made it possible for other female guitarists to exist. And oh, mm-hmm. I just love a Bonnie Raitt. I love a um, Bonnie Raitt moment. <laughs> I love a Bonnie Raitt moment. Okay, so when Sister's mom, when Katie, her mom, moved to Chicago, is that is known as, that is during the period called the Great Migration. So <laughs> that is what are, some people call the Great Migration. The Great Migration. It Bitch. is. It, 
It was the movement of six million African Americans out of the rural so- uh, South and into mm-hmm. the Northeast and the Midwest and the West. And that happened between 1916 and 1970. And also the period I referenced before called Reconstruction, if you don't know, is the period mm. in the South after the Civil War. So there was the whole Reconstruction period in the South where, you know, um, in formerly enslaved people, you know, got to have their whole, you know, rebuild their lives or in the South. And it was filled with turmoil. There were people from the North came down. This is a full history podcast today. You know, people from the North were sent down, you, armies and political leaders were sent down to establish this new, the new laws of the land, which allowed black people to vote and run for office. And for a long time, like black people were getting huge political power for like 10 years or 10 minutes, it seemed, until fucking white racists just clamped down on it and it became awful. And so... A lot of people were like, fuck this, I'm leaving the South, the Great Migration North. This is kind of a cool time to go to Chicago. This is when blues and jazz are converging. Mm. So I think this had such an influence on Sister uh, Rosetta's music and kind of what she wanted to do. Different kind of religious singing was happening in the churches in Chicago, and she developed her showmanship, which, y'all, her showmanship is insane. Again, another template that all the white people want to steal. It's like, we can't give you your rights, but we for sure will steal your music. But damn, she could entertain. She was just kind of electric. You should YouTube the fuck out of her, because she writes also some of the best hand handography. You know that we love a handography from a singer on this show. But Rosetta's handography when she performs is... is, is, uh, I mean, mean, she also has a je ne sais quoi. The center holds. Like, she is... You, your eyes are magnets to her and her every word. Like, yes, I mean, well, and obviously we're going to be doing clips and songs. It's everything. Also, what's so great is that um, in all of the information that Nick and I see, I have read, they, all of the stuff really, it seemed like she kind she was kind of a OG salacious tabloid queen with her private life. Oh, yeah. And, right? And at 19, she married, she got her first marriage, yes, kids. Her first marriage was to a preacher. Mm-hmm, named Tommy name Thorpe. Was Tommy Thorpe. Um, and he was a, t- <laughs> he was a tyrant <laughs> and was using her just for her money. And she actually left him in a couple of years. I, I yeah, in a couple of years, uh, but she kept his name, which I think is iconic. Yeah, but she kind of changed it from Thorpe to Tharp. So she kind of oh, rechristened she herself. R. No, she changed it from an O to an A, from Thorpe to Tharp. Oh, editing. Mm-hmm. That's right, Jason. Good dyslexic brain. Um. <laughs> and, and her mom, Katie, came with her to New York City. So they're in New York, and she begins kind of a, a secular career. So there's, you know, gospel music, which is all she sang up to that point. And she, you know, wants to become a professional musician. And so she starts performing at the Cotton Club with Duke Ellington's orchestra in New York. And this song, four or five times from that documentary. Four or five times. It's my delight doing things right four or five times. Now, maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll try. But if I'll die, I'm going to try to do it four or five times. I said four or five times. Four or five, oh, five times. Now, he's my king. He makes me sing four or five times. Yes, indeed. I confess. I confess. He- 
So incredible to me. It's also incredible because be, being raised in the church, especially at that time, even when, even in the eighties, like my grandparents, my Baptist grandparents, secular music, and especially secular music when you're in the church, was it was still considered sacrilegious. We've had so many people on the show, so many guests who were right? raised in super religious households who were like, I wasn't allowed to listen right. to this music at all. And I really do think that what I forget about is that rock and roll really was about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And that's such a no in religion, you know, having any kind of sexuality beyond procreation. And rock and roll really represented a a liberation. So the fact that Sister Rosetta um, decided to make this kind of jump after all the adversity that she's has already faced, I think, is just just amazing. Yeah, and just to put this in context, before she moved to New York, like, she had been touring since the age of six, and we're talking about touring all over the country with her mom. Her Mm -hmm. mom would preach, and Rosetta would perform. And so she was a full, full professional by this point, and one of the most famous gospel singers in all of these churches across America. So the African-American religious communities across the country really felt an ownership over her. And they felt like she was theirs. She was their special, special, special singer. And so then she records Four Sides for Decca, backed by Lucky Millinder's band. And Rock Me was her first big hit. And Rock Me was a gospel song, but she took... Fate or someone took the word Jesus out of it when she recorded it. When did she do Shout, Sister, Shout? I think it's much later. I was just playing at the beginning of the episode because I think it's a Bob. Oh, because she also, I think it was originally Sing, Sister, Sing. And she took out Shout, which was part of the, which was part of, which was a secular term. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that was like, already they, controversial that she did that. And also think about rock and roll, like Twist and Shout. You know, mm-hmm. rock me. Like, she's literally coining these terms right now. Up to now, most guitar music was guitar was a rhythmic instrument it was just used to back up it wasn't a lead instrument yet and rosetta's plucking was so amazing that she made guitar music a lead instrument in popular music there there's some really great videos of her singing with um a a choir and she's in the middle Mm. and for me again guitar is not my jam um but watching this and what it's 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 magic 
I mean, it's so transfixing. It's her and the guitar, and all I want to do is just listen to that guitar sing. And she makes it sing. Mm. She plugs that in, it's an electric guitar. Like, it's, it's wild for this time. Yeah. And she also, the way she sings Rock Me in this mm-hmm. song is so sexual. And that's something that really made all of her uh, gospel and church fans, they were shocked that Sister Rosetta was doing this. Now, won't you hear me singing Hear the words that I'm saying Wash my soul with water from on high While the world of love is around me Evil thoughts do bind me But oh, if you leave me, I will die You hide me just scared rock and roll but she also is bringing she's also kind of bringing things to the front she's bringing secular into church she's uh the white audiences are are realizing how amazing black gospel is Mm-hmm. yeah at this point she uh like performs at the cotton club and carnegie hall so she is bringing gospel music to white audiences and also bringing the secular like jay just said into church and she hires the Jordanaires, who uh, were a backing, a backing group who were all white, to back her up. And they would later go on to back up Elvis, but they backed her up at Carnegie Hall, too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I bring that back. Bring that back. Come on, Katy Perry. Come on, one of you. 
Divas, get your backup singers and name them something. That's the funnest thing in the world. I know. Well, we have the Harlats. We I do. love that. Has the Harlats. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's so fun. You can have so much fun. Uh, I know, and they can have like their own spinoff. Uh, it also makes me think, though, of all these different divas who we've had. Who there have been two communities battling for their souls. You know, like mm-hmm. as an artist, especially a woman, tries to define herself and redefine herself or explore different kinds of music Mm -hmm. former communities want to own her like we saw that with Dolly Parton and Whitney Houston and even Taylor Swift and Aretha Franklin yeah I mean I think it's I think you know there's always that thing that when you start out and people are can for better or for worse pigeon hold you and understand you and understand what you do and then when you mm-hmm. make that shift, it's like all of the sudden, the, all of our investment that we've had in you, uh, you've turned against us. Where it's like, ah, no, everyone's on a journey. And in fact, like, what a boring journey to stay in one note. <laughs> like, yeah, people can also, genre jump. Yeah, and as fans, like, we don't own the artist, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to, like, let, you have to let your divas fly and like let them inspire you and take you into a new direction that you might not have thought you knew or liked before and yeah and and always you know the roots they always go back to the roots everyone does a roots album so don't worry sit in they'll give you they'll 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 throw you they'll get back there okay so she was working with (laughs) diva psa It's a diva PSA for all you diva stands. Well, that's who we're talking to. That's our audience. Um, she she had been touring with Lucky Millinder, and she marries him. And she has second, this contract. Second husband. Second husband. This is husband number two. And uh, she has this contract with him. And so he's controlling a lot of her musical choices. Kel Surprise. <laughs> you love. <laughs> and so she records a song called... I want a tall, skinny papa. This is as no, secular is as Real it secular. Even though she was doing secular playing, she was still doing gospel songs. She was still right. singing to the God in the church. And this mm-hmm. for sure was not that. And everyone, and, and including people really in her inner circle, were like, there was a sense of betrayal there. Um, I mean, it's literally, yeah. I mean, it's like the, the song is called I Want a Tall, Skinny Papa. Hard to uh, like 
I usually am so antagonistic towards people who are religious, but just thinking of really religious people in this time and like she was their only celebrity. She was, I mean, she was like their icon, you know, their music icon and to lose her like that must have really hurt. She wasn't the only gospel singer, of course, but she was the most famous. <sighs> Do you want to tell Skinny Papa? Does that song um, uh, sing to you? Is that something like, you want? No, I have like I have like a sh- I like a short stocky papa. <laughs> you want a Danny DeVito papa? <laughs> I want a Danny DeVito papa. Um, no, I want a big a big broad shouldered papa. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't want I'm skinny. Not, I, I don't want skinny. I don't want my papa I'm, to be skinny. I'm trying to think of what tall skinny papa I'm into, like Barack Obama or Tim Blake Nelson. I guess they're tall skinny oh. papas. <laughs> oh. I I don't know that I would I don't I don't think the first adjective of Barack Obama's stature is skinny. Um cuz I he feel like he's skinny. nice. Are you crazy? I mean he's not. I mean he's but he's like more broad. Like I feel like he's bigger than skinny. Like skinny to me is like I don't know. I don't know. Jesus Christ on a cross or something. I don't know. Um <laughs> David Bowie. David Bowie yes. was skinny. Yes, and I don't want that. Mick Jagger's no. like a skinny pop, and I really don't want that. Like, little don't wiry. Don't want that. Don't no, want I that. Don't. <laughs> but, no. but Sister Rosetta was I wanna forced be, to I want to be a tall, it. skinny pop, though. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get there with this quarantine diet, but that's what well. I want to be. Well, <laughs> so, and that's how we evaluate the SOG. So thank you for coming here for our critical You're thinking. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, also at the time, she was still performing at the Apollo and she would invite, I love this, she would invite male guitarists to come on stage and they would have guitar battles, which she would always win. Duh. Um, so, so the, right, this is when Lucky Millinder was also her manager Mm-hmm. And he was controlling her, like like we said, she was kind of forced into doing the secular song uh, that she admits to being forced into doing. Yes. And uh, as Nick and I say, we are not into husbandgers on this podcast. Oh, no, this is not a podcast. For <laughs> no, it, no, ma'am. It is a podcast for momagers, but not husbandagers. I don't even know how to say that. Husbandagers. I don't know, but I wrote in the note. I wrote in. I wrote in the side notes. Jason just doesn't like husbands. Period. <laughs> that was my, that was my other critical thinking. Except you're always looking for one. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 no, I'm looking for a thick daddy papa. A thick, juicy papa. With money. Like, it's just the money thing. It's not, you know... I If he has money, he can do whatever he wants. Like, I'll be silent for the rest of my life. If you have money, like, literally, I will do anything as long as Skinny, I don't Skinny, short, short, papa, mama. I don't care. Just have just, money. If you have money and want to take care of Jason... <laughs> yes, but bitch, I'm not looking to have... Venmo. <laughs> yes, I'm not looking to have no career, so you can't really control that. You, you're going to force me to stay home? <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, that. I will accept your dare. But I hate when they take really I hate when they take really talented women and think they know what's right because they don't no they don't they don't and all of these men that Rosetta married were all I mean and lots of her friends said this were really using her as a meal ticket like she was so prolific at performing and she was so singular that she was always touring her whole life and always making money from it and they all kind of hopped on that ride But Rosetta was quoted as saying, 
Um, I, I did once play the blues, but God didn't like it. So at this point in her career, she refocuses on gospel music and will stay focused on gospel music for the rest of her life. And she re-records something that is so timely right now, Kitty Angels. It's a little mm-hmm. song called Strange, Thing- Strange Things Happen Every Day. Okay, can we relate? <laughs> um, which was the first gospel song to hit the Billboard charts. Uh, some call it the very first rock song ever. She always wore an evening gown on her electric guitar. Can you dig? Um, I love this quote right here. Uh, this is from Gail Ward's biography, Shout Sister Shout. Uh, the untold story of the rock and roll trailblazer, Sister Rosetta Tharp, if you want the full title. Yeah, you should buy this book on some place that isn't that one website. Buy it on an independent bookseller because Gail Wald is the Sister Rosetta um, historian. Bi- historian, icon. She is a diva you should know too. She's a great biographer. So the song, so in the book, the song, it says, the song specifically references what happened in the mid-1940s. World War II was ending. The atomic bomb was dropped in Hiroshima. Jackie Robinson had just been signed to the major leagues. The expression of strange things helped to express the uneasiness of the bewildering events going on in the world. And Tharp translated that seamlessly through her music. Strange Things Happening Every Day would become one of her most well-known records, as well as the first gospel song to cross over into the R&B Top 10 charts. Some even argue, like we said, it was the very first rock and roll recording. Are we here, church? People say... They are in this holy way. There are strange things happening every day. On that last red judgment day, when they drive them all away, there are strange things happening every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day.
Okay, so then in 1946, we're at 1946 now, a very strange thing really did happen to Rosetta because she goes to this <laughs> Mahalia Jackson concert. Um, if you don't know Mahalia Jackson, she will. De- we will definitely do Mahalia Jackson. She is another one of gospel's greatest divas. But just- I think she's the most. I think she's to me the the most well known gospel singer. Yeah, she's probably a diva you already know if you listen to this podcast on the regular. But um, so anyway, uh, Rosetta goes to Mahalia's concert, and she sees a woman singing backup for Mahalia named Marie Knight. And almost the next day after Rosetta sees this concert, she leaves Lucky Millinder, she just leaves her husband, and she walks up to Marie Knight's door, knocks on it, and asks her to go on tour with her. Up above my head! Up above my head! I hear music in the air! I hear music in the air! Now up above my head! Up above my head! You know I hear music in the air! I hear music in the air! Up above my So according to most people, they became lovers, but the two of them were very, very quiet about it. And obviously because they were two gospel singers and homosexuality, if you didn't know, was not really cool in the 1940s with people. I mean, I would say, you know, not just quiet about it, uh, you know, specifically uh, Rosetta never spoke on it and uh, Marie adamantly later in life denied it. So yes. Yes, but but it was also known as an kind of an open secret. And Mm -hmm. Rosetta was kind of um, open sexually to all kinds of people. Yes, supposedly a friend and a friend and someone in the band, Tony Halbert, uh, said Rosetta belonged to the whosoever will church, (laughs) whosoever will let them come. I love that. Also, also, we, we heard that um, she would comment on the beauty of the women in her audience to the band, mm-hmm. uh, like make multiple references towards that. So, yeah, I think it seems like although they didn't comment on it and anywhere you see people were like, it's, this isn't just us surmising. Anytime you look up Sister Rosetta Tharp, they, she is considered a queer icon. Uh, yes. So, and we're not just, putting that on her, but. No, but can you imagine a black lesbian woman who is like the only female guitar player touring the country trying to bridge the gap between gospel and blues and jazz while creating Mm -hmm. a whole new genre called rock and roll that are a bunch of men are about to steal from you like this is why she is the the most possibly the most iconic diva ever to be covered on this show obsessed obsessed (laughs) But they and they could also tour just the two of them together, which they did, which is really beautiful because Marie played the piano. They both sang together really beautifully. Marie was a bit younger than her. So they're just like touring the country together, which is beautiful. And then they get a bus and then they get a tour bus. So they get this. Rosetta buys this bus. She buys them a house in Richmond, Virginia, which 
I also want to give a shout out to right now my former surrogate home, Richmond, Virginia, where everyone is tearing down a statue right now. I love you so much. Keep tearing them down. They buy this house in Richmond, Virginia. Marie moves. I think, I think she also gets like a donkey or something. Or, or, like or a, a horse. horse. She a gets horse. a horse. Yes. Yeah, she buys a horse. I love um, that little <laughs> fact. She moves with her mom and her girlfriend into... I'm not going to call her her girlfriend because she didn't want to call that. Anyway, her partner, Marie, her partner in music and life, they move into this house in Richmond, Virginia, and then Rosetta buys a fucking bus and writes Rosetta Tharp on the side, and they start fucking touring. But you also, uh, you also have to understand during this time, again, all of this stuff that she's fighting, of course, she has, she just has to fight segregation. So while yes. she's touring and while she's on that bus, she actually has to sleep on that bus. Mm-hmm. Because because hotels um, wouldn't allow her in. With food, she had to go to the back of restaurants to do pickup and eat on the bus. Because, again, people are willing to go and pay and see her music and be entertained by her. But they absolutely will not allow uh, her to sit down and dine with them. It's despicable. She- like, the, y'all, this history is not that far away. So No. This is literally like 60, 70 years ago. Um, And also to get that food from the restaurant, she would have to walk up with her white bus driver, which is also so fucked up. And if we were to make a movie about it now, the movie would probably focus on the white bus driver (laughs) and they would give him an Oscar for it. So true. She would be like, she'd be like third supporting character. Right. In, in, in the story, it would be what all it would be all how brave that bus driver was, Ugh. that white bus driver was to walk in. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes they would just bring her food back. She wouldn't even go to the restaurant in general. Good. Well, they should. She should have had a fucking private chef and gotten to have a private restaurant all by herself. Jesus fucking Christ. Also, just in case you don't know these things, it's fine. But we're going to tell you because we're now a history podcast. These laws that were preventing Rosetta from eating in restaurants or staying at hotels were called Jim Crow laws in the South. And they were the laws that enforced racial segregation all over the Southern United States. And they stayed on the books until throughout the 20th century, you know, which is a lot of why the civil rights movement happened. And they led to the disenfranchisement and they were made to remove political power and economic gains being made by black Americans that they had made during that reconstruction period we talked about earlier. And they were enforced until 1965. Think about that. Think about that. Sick. So sick. Anyway, while I just want to play the song because it's not about a bus, but it's about a train, and I love it. <laughs> I love thinking Se- about all that's the That's a segue. Of, I like to think of all of the different modes of transportation I can't ride because of the coronavirus right now. You know, this train don't pull no wankers. This train, uh-uh. I said this train this train no 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 this train don't pull no wankers no crap shooter and no whiskey drinkers it's a clean train this train you know this train don't pull no jokers this train This train, don't pull 
Because this train This train Don't pull no jokers No tobacco chewers And no cigar smokers Because uh, this train Is a clean train You know this train Let's ride the train This train Is on the way to glory This train No, also, well, the song starts with, this train is clean, and I'm like, not anymore, it isn't. Not anymore, it isn't. We can't, were, clean, can't clean that stink off. Wait, what stink off? The COVID stink. Oh, the COVID stink. Yeah, no, it's not clean anymore. It's not clean anymore. Well, also, it would be leaving us behind, because this train doesn't have wankers and jokers, and we're both of those things. We're also not Christians. No, we are going right to hell. Yeah, we're um, going to get run over by that train. <laughs> Oh, but I live for, there's a recording of this, her performing this on YouTube in this amazing floral dress. She really, as you mentioned before, she loved to rock an evening gown underneath her electric guitar. And it's everything to me, this look. But her career was uh, starting to be eclipsed by Mahalia Jackson. As we talked about, I think one of the, uh, a diva that I think most people know that we have to cover, so iconic gospel singer, um, so influential. And it was also being eclipsed by her... By her velvet partner, Marie Knight, <laughs> who was wanting to be kind of become a solo act, uh, and then suddenly uh, Marie's, and then suddenly uh, while while they're uh, doing music, this is so tragic. Oh, this is while so they're tragic. doing music. Well, while they're while they're out while they're touring, right? Wasn't Marie yeah, in Europe? I just like I just like the phrase "doing music." Yo, they're doing music. They're they're doing velvet. Yo, what? They're, they're doing velvet they're music. Doing velvet music. I can't tell you what they were doing, but I can tell you it was a velvet kind of music. Um, but this is okay. This is not funny. This is super tragic. She got wired. She was uh, told that um, in a house fire, uh, her mother and her and her little children were were killed. And it was mm-hmm. such a blow to Marie and Rosetta. And I think it was just a kind of um, po- probably end to that relationship. Ma- yeah. Maria had to go back and mourn. So Back to New Jersey, where she mm-hmm. kind of had left her family to tour and live with Rosetta. Which and is, a horse. And a horse and Rosetta's mom. It's so tragic. When I read that, I gasped. I can't even imagine. It's like one of those horrific, horrific stories you hear about where it's like someone just calls to tell you, hey, everyone that you're related to has died in a fire. Can't even imagine. I can't imagine. And I guess neither could Rosetta because guess what she decided to do to overcome all of this grief and loss? She got another husband to churn. <laughs> Yo. Husband to churn number three third marriage. I also love that because obviously divorce is was so frowned upon 
in the Christian church, in all Christian churches. Like, yes. you do not divorce your man. You especially don't divorce your preacher husband. So I, but she was like, watch me, watch my, my velvet divorce signatures going through. Um, <laughs> That's but, right. She gets her third husband a juror named Russell Morrison, who's actually the one who sticks because they end up married the rest of his life basically for 22 years and if you do a wedding like this then you know you gotta you gotta this make is, something happen this is how you stay married kids she got married in a stadium in dc washington dc's griffith stadium in front of twenty-five thousand people and it was this huge huge event like a church revival massive ceremony there were fireworks at the end of the ceremony that were supposedly in the shape of Rosetta playing her guitar, which is iconic to me. And there uh, and people and, and people attended. This was like the wedding, you know, of the century. Uh, Lucky Millinder actually came. Uh, that's, that's husband number two. If that's you're not husband number two. This is and also a, 1951. I know. I know. She, she is a huge pop stunt queen. And can you imagine Marie Knight? Now that would that, that's me. That's me. I'm the devastated lover who uh, who's <laughs> sitting there. Yes, who's in attendance. Oh, we also I'm, didn't. It should have been me. We also didn't mention that when they were on tour, when they moved to Richmond, Virginia, is when Rosetta made her backup singing group called the Rosettes. Which I love. Now that's great. That's oh my great. gosh, yeah, the, she renamed them. I love those Rosettes in the YouTube documentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, there fabulous. are real life rosettes who are really old but they're still alive by the time they made this documentary talking about working with rosetta and they're so fabulous i love them but anyway they came to the wedding too and it was fabulous it was everything okay so now around this time this was when elvis have you heard uh started going to black churches and sealing their music mm-hmm. i swear watching sister rosetta it's like he copy and pasted he copied oh, yeah. and pasted even kind of the sway in the moves, you mm-hmm. know, the kind, and the whole cool factor. Y'all, it's stolen. It's stolen. I love Elvis, but the whole thing is stolen from black totally people. Totally like, cribbed. Completely cribbed. Hunties, it's unreal. So part of what happened over Rosetta's career was a lot of white fans started showing up at black churches just to listen to the music, so much so that a lot of black churches started charging for admission, and they would let the white people come in and sit in the back three rows, and that's what Elvis started doing. It's what Johnny Cash and Buddy Holly started doing, and so this is how these white men came into black churches and stole soul music, basically. Yeah, they stole, I mean, obviously, uh, rhythm and blues was a precursor to rock music, also created by black people, and white people just wholesaled it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they didn't buy it. They just uh, made it their own and would, uh, would reference it. I mean, people do, uh, like Johnny Cash and Buddy Holly and Johnny Lee, uh, Lewis and all these people, they will, um, they do give props uh, to our sister Rosetta. They do. They do. They but, give her, but still they, stolen. <laughs> but yeah, but the dominant culture is white. There's there's a white supremacy throughout the nation. So white men get to you know be the number ones on the radio. They have the most power. So of course, when they appropriate something, 
it becomes theirs in the history books. So yeah, be, if you're yeah. bucking at people talking about white supremacy in this country right now, this is just a really good example of it. Elvis Presley is not the king of rock and roll. He's the popper of rock and roll, okay? Fuck y'all. Yeah, exactly. What's a popper? Um, it's um, uh, a fun thing we smell during gay sex. Uh, no, a pop popper. Like a, oh, a popper. <laughs> I said a popper of rock and roll. What's that? A, a popper as a poor person. The, I got it right. <laughs> I got it right this time. I don't know why he has to be a poor person. Because he's not the king of rock and roll, babe. Oh, the opposite of a king. He's the yeah. peasant of rock and roll. Yes. And again, I told you there is no king. There is only one queen. There is only one god of rock one and roll. One patron saint. One uh-huh. goddess one supreme. Goddess. Her name is Sister Rosetta Tharp. Tattoo it on your forearms. Okay, kids. We're getting to the we're getting to the later later part of her life right here. So, Kel Surprise again. <laughs> Sister Rosetta is not doing as well financially in the 1950s because everyone is stealing her music and her style of music. So she goes over to the UK on a tour and these kind of blue, it was a blues tour. She toured with Muddy Waters and a bunch of other great iconic blues musicians. And they recorded this really, oh my God, this concert is so great. This is the concert I found two years ago that blew my mind. They record this live concert in an abandoned train station in Manchester, England. This is <laughs> this is the greatest. I know we always say like hyperbole bullshit on this podcast, but this truly is one of the greatest things. She's mic'd up and riding on this carriage so you can hear her. I mean, it's just I can't even believe how they did it. It's Okay, so the audience <gasps> in black the audience, and white. the audience is on one side of the yep. train uh, train platform. The performers are on the other, except for Sister Rosetta, who's not there, who rides up in a horse-drawn <laughs> carriage and an evening gown with an electric guitar around her neck. And it, it, it stunt queen. Complete I mean, she just queen. pulls into the station. She's like, hey, folks, and then just starts rocking it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sweet horsey. Oh, the sweet horsey. Oh, this is the wonderful time of my life. Uncle Joe, it's raining and the people are so trying to stay in the house. How great it is. Oh, it makes me feel happy. Oh, yeah. Just to know we can stand in the rain and sing. And the people are so sweet to stay here. And I come in on them. Let me tell you what I come in on.
I went to get to heaven, gonna put on my robe, walk around in glory, tell the glad news, look up David in the heat of the day, tune up my heart, and begin to play. I know it rain, you know it rain, oh heart rain, rain too long, I'm not long. It's absolutely fabulous. Of course, she's the, um, the Europe and the UK as she's going on tour loves her. Of course, they decide to also, all of the wh- white rockers decide to steal her music and become extremely influenced by her. Oh, sure. Um, Ever hear of Keith Richards, kids? <laughs> that band called the Rolling Stones? They stole it from her. Highway robbers, robbers, robbers. This concert is amazing. Stop listening to this podcast. Throw your phone away. Get on your laptop and go onto YouTube and watch it right now. It's actually this is life affirming. This 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 is a life affirming performance, and I think you it's something you could revisit every month until you die because it's really 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 great. Also, it's just her joy, her pure <laughs> unbridled joy at singing this music and praising the Lord, like. I know that we say this a lot about Aretha Franklin, but a lot of people talk about Rosetta as channeling something. Mm-hmm. And that's big in the Pentecostal church, but it does seem like she is communing with a higher power. And because her guitar playing is so virtuosic and her voice is so incredible, it does seem like she is has a direct channel to the divine. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the reason why it's like, I don't even know how they did this is because it all seemed so easy. She seems so relaxed just to be drawn up in a carriage and jump off on the other side of the tracks and just starts jamming away. It just seems so natural. And it's so unnatural to watch. Um, yeah. And so that makes it supernatural, okay? Like, <laughs> Velvet Supernatural. That's what's going on here. That's a Velvet Supernatural power right there. Um, <laughs> we all should aspire to. So, so this, that, a- to me, that was her, one of her biggest moments, and I'm so glad she had it. Me too. I love those late 
career diva mm-hmm. moments where you think things are on the decline and then they pull it around mm-hmm. because her career gets a huge burst from this. And she becomes pretty prolific in the 1960s with recordings and she's touring Europe and the UK and the US and she's doing good and she buys herself a house in Philadelphia. She gets herself a poodle. She moves her mom and her husband to Philly. Uh, but then in 1968, Katie Bell, Rosetta's mom, dies. And yeah. this, this, so the, now we're getting to the sad part. And Sister uh, Rosetta was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, I'm pretty sure, right, her last recording was in 1970. Mm-hmm. And it was a concert in Denmark. Yep. Um, and uh, some people said she didn't have... Some people say she didn't have more commercial success because of her devotion to religious music. Obviously, like, the whole world is now... Um, consumed with secular music and it's okay to do that uh, or uh, to kind of start playing that and that's that's the popular music of the time yeah but on top of that unfortunately with her diabetes she had a stroke and then had to have her leg um, amputated yeah Uh, and then three years after that in Philadelphia uh, where she was where she had relocated with uh, to her mother in a small house um a night before her recording, she had another stroke and she passed away. And she was actually um, laid to rest in an unmarked grave. Precious Lord, hold my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am so tired. And I'm so weak. Lord, I'm warm. Oh, yes. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, oh, precious Lord. And lead me on. Her service was really small, but Marie Knight showed up to dress her, to do her hair, and to do her makeup. And I just think that that's, that's like the most beautiful part of this story to me. And they said, they, yeah, she made her beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it also reminds me of, um, I heard today when I was listening to Queer as Fact podcast, which is so great, you should listen to. They talked about how she and Marie, because they weren't allowed into a lot of the venues ahead of time to use the dressing rooms when they were touring in the Jim Crow South, they would um, do each other's makeup in front of the headlights of the bus, which is just so beautiful to me, or the headlights of their car. Like, I just love seeing that image. That image is really cinematic to me. And I just love their love for each other and their sisterhood. Because Rosetta would call Marie little sister, which is coded language in, you know, queer terminology. But also uh, everyone in the Pentecostal church referred to women either as sister or mother. I really love that. I love that velvet sisterhood. I love that velvet sisterhood. Yeah, I love, I love, I love being a sister. I love being a sister. Um, all I can aspire to these days is to be a sister, maybe a mother. I don't know. You're my, you're my little sister. Yeah, I got mom tattooed on my leg, kind of like twice. Um, so that's that's Pentecostal, right? <laughs> that's some Pentecostal shit right there, motherfuckers. Oh, wait, speaking of cinematic, speaking of things being cinematic, 
who would you have play Rosetta in the biopic? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I feel like, I feel like not my choice, but people would go um, with Queen Latifah, but I think that that would be wrong. Mm. Yeah. I, do, I, 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 I like Queen Latifah. I just don't know that she has all of the... All of the gumption there to play her. So, I don't know. Who do you think? I'm going to go with someone a little less famous, but uh, who uh, is a friend of mine, actually. Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black and The Color Purple. Mmm. Because she is an amazing singer. Ama- I don't know if she can play the guitar. No one would be able to play the guitar this well. You would have to, like, you know, either learn or do some kind of miming. But I love Danielle, and I think she would be the perfect sister Rosetta Tharp. I mean, you know who else who I think could be really good is um, Yola, that that um, British singer. Oh, yeah, that would be good. I mean, She's... I would really be into it being an American person, but... Yeah, you know. but still, I mean, she, she can she, she can wail and play that guitar, so that's yeah. kind of all or, you need. Or to. maybe, well, no, Brittany Howard doesn't really look right, but Brittany Howard did induct... Rosetta into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with a really great tribute that you can see on YouTube. Which we started talking about, which we are incensed about. It was with Bon Jovi and the fucking cars. Um, oh, the cars. I couldn't even tell you who the cars are. I actually like the cars. <laughs> Y'all, oh. a, a secret for the guy. I could do a secret for the guy's podcast on my love for soft male rock music. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> One or two uh, stingers in me, and I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm doing, I'm getting in my velvet secrets for those men well Um, well, listen i could go on for about this for three days um just let me just end this let me just end this google this fucking google this fucking google this it's been 34 years that the rock and roll hall of fame has existed there are only 69 women out of 888 inductees (laughs) i didn't even know there are 800 male singers that's the devil's work that's the devil's work this is not christian you thought 666 was the devil number but it's It's actually 888 I, so that's less than 8% are women. Fuck the police, fuck men, <laughs> burn it down to the ground, defund the police, defund men. Defund all men. I was wondering if you were going to finish reading that because I, after the 8%, I just got kind of pissed and I wrote that. And so I'm reading and seeing, I'm like, okay, girl, you're going to commit? And you did, yes. Yes, bitch. I mean, fuck all of that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is, I can't it is cope. I can't cope. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, burn it down, burn the, like there, there's a, 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 I, I think it should be called the sister Rosetta's, um, um, house of fame. Cause there is no hall. There doesn't need to be any halls. Uh, no, and, and otherwise, house. and otherwise just stop, like, just stop. How ridiculous. Shame, shame, shame on you. Um, I don't know who runs that thing. It's in Ohio. Um, it's crazy. It's like also one of our favorite things that Bet does is Bet always inducts people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and gets real snarky about it. Like when she inducted Laura Nero or when she inducted um, Darlene Love, she gets mm-hmm. real snarky about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She does not care for it, but she shows up to induct her ladies, which I love. So this, so I hope. I hope, if anything, like any of these episodes, you know, we're just two uh, boys bopping along, uh, kind of finding, <laughs> kind of finding some joy and hope that we can spread some joy and some information, you know, just to put you on your journey and get and, and become more invested. I would say during these 
absolutely unbelievable times that we're living in. Getting up every morning to brush your 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 teeth, to um, strange things are happening every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be could be something. Could be really apropos for of the moment. What do you think, girl? I love that. I also think that when you're feeling really down, listening to some Sister Rosetta will make you believe in. Um, Hope maybe a higher power or even just the higher power of music or the higher power of a good beat to get your heart pumping and your blood pumping um, a little bit better. If you're like me, you have bed sores by now because you never leave the house. And so Sister Rosetta has really um, brought a lot of light and joy into my life. Yeah, um, I, I don't, so few of us are going to be as talented, you know, unfortunately, as touched and talented as Sister Rosetta Tharp, but I think her dedication and perseverance through unbelievable obstacles um, and her passion and love for music is just generally inspiring at this time. I mean, every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do a single thing uh, besides, you know, watch HBO Max or something stupid. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, look but this to her is, this, because yeah. she because she also blurred aesthetic lines. She bl- blurred genre lines, gender lines. She was really fearless and really blazed a trail for literally everybody in American music who followed her. And that is something to fucking look up to every single goddamn day. Sorry, I shouldn't say goddamn. Um, um, it's too much. You say back. no, no, no. The new I thing is Jesus, poppers. damn, Jesus, damn, <laughs> Jesus, damn. About- sorry, 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 Jesus, damn. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I love. I apologize for that. After I full on talk about poppers when I'm discussing a gospel musician, my Christian mother was like, "You got to stop saying some so much GD stuff." <laughs> sorry, I um, love that Michelle listens to this podcast. I love that anyone listens to this podcast. Frankly, yes. Uh, thank you, Battle Angels. This is obviously like, as always, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter. Keep up the keep up the this amazing good fight. Uh, stay safe. Um, stay safe. Stay are strong. Very scary. Stay strong. Yes, and um, just keep keep marching along. Find that inspiration. Find that inspiration and turn that into action. That's exactly. the best we can do. Have a great week, everyone. We love you. (laughs) Bye, babies. Bye.
Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 